You're listening to Art Happens Here, the podcast that explores the often curious and occasionally amazing art installations on, in, and around the campuses of Lansing Community College. I'm your host, Bruce Mackley. Well, we're back with the pleasure of talking to President Emeritus, Dr. Brent Knight of Lansing Community College and Director of Facilities, Tim Martz. Welcome back, guys. We could sit here and roll all day. I mean, I know we could. Um, We have all these shared history and all these amazing projects we were involved in. But let's just delve into just a couple of big things. I know the red ribbon we want to talk about a little bit. This is a sculpture. It stands 20 feet high-ish, something like this. It's fabricated of metal and it's it looks like a big silk ribbon, but it's steel and it marks the southern border of our main downtown campus, sort of a visual icon for many years. So Tim, Dr. Knight, anyone want to take the take the reins on this? Well, it was early. It was our first right. really large sculptures. And again, we're not sculpture builders by trade. But we wanted a wonderful result, something we could afford. And so we tackled the ribbon, and we were involved with Banish Welding. Mm -hmm. And then they hooked us up with Jim, right? Jim Cunningham. And in Jim Cunningham, he was former professor at Michigan State, and he was instrumental, and we had a design And people that I encounter generally want to make sculptures the size of a refrigerator. And I understood that I was (laughs) not going there. I wanted a sculpture that could be adjacent to a large building and hold its own. And so the red ribbon is as tall as it is because that's the height of the roof at Banish Welding. That's as tall as, if Banish had a taller roof, we'd have had a taller sculpture. That's the truth. That's all it was. I can confirm that. So Tim worked with Jim and me, and Tim and I have a great story about Jim in my office and designing the base. And Jim wanted a base that looked like a boat. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I did not. I wanted a round. And so anyway, Tim helped me enable us to get round. And then we wanted a base that looked great. And there were some issues there. And Tim helped me with that. And then it was being fabricated at Banish. And Tim and I went over there, what was in raw steel. And I was worried about... 19-year-olds climbing it in in the middle of the night. That would have been me. Intoxicated 19-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. And would they get hurt? Right. Mm-hmm. So we reinforced it so that it could withstand 19-year-olds if they climbed up there. I don't think anyone ever has. No, but, not, knock on wood, no. But mm-hmm. we were worried about that safety. The other part that Tim did, too, is the stainless steel 
rod, if you yep. will. It's, yep. it's it's more than a rod. It's mm-hmm. large. Yeah. That goes up the middle for structural support. Mm-hmm. And Tim, I, did you find the guy in Mount Pleasant? Yeah, Mount Pleasant. And we decided to make it out of stainless. Yes. And then we decided, well, we need to somehow make it so it really shines. So we took it up there and we had it turned with them and they polished it. It's mirror polished. Yes, mirror polished. It is. And then came yes. back and, and, and put it together. And it sits on an angle and it's in a monument that's that's quite a few cubic yards of concrete. Yeah. And once we decided that, then we said, geez, it just can't be concrete. We had to cover it with an outside. Faceted granite panels. And the granite panels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So it kind of... It was one of those things where we started out with an idea and design, and this kept working as we did it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't on a piece of paper, oh, this is what we're going to build. No, mm-hmm. we, we engineered and we made it look at, like Dr. Nice said, the height of it was because of Banish's facility. Mm-hmm. So what we did is we elevated the, the, the actual base. the base. Mm-hmm. So that's like four and a half feet, five feet tall, and then sure. we put this on top. To, so we would match so it would look good with the building. You know, yeah. the size of the building. Yeah. So we started off with, with this, and then we kept engineering as we went yeah. along to make it so it fit mm-hmm. where we wanted to put it. Yeah, and it has this um, visual appeal because the style is unlike anything else on campus. It's not like a stiff block of this or a curved block of that. It is a fluid. It looks like a photograph of something that's moving. And this polished steel rod, I've illustrated this thing, the polished rod reflects aspects of the ribbon in it in red. It's fire engine red. And it's so cool. It looks like intentional. And it was one of those things. I, I believe the sculpture's name is Education and Community. That judge, that Jim did that. But every one of these sculptures has a story like that. Mm-hmm. And and what that is, is, is our team. And sometimes the team was me and Tim. Mm-hmm. And then... Other times the team had 10 people. Whatever it was, we would just keep working. Mm -hmm. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? And we tried to get to perfection in the end, and that's how we approached every one of them. Yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, I know you follow the news. Tim, I hope you follow the news. Um, LCC is widely regarded as one of the most beautiful campuses in Michigan, including universities in higher ed. I posted things on social saying, I actually work here with a picture of something, Mm -hmm. you know, and people understand, they get it. And I don't want to pin anyone down too hard, but I just got to know, you're going to go first, uh, Mr. Martz. And this doesn't need to be art centric. This can apply to anything because your your responsibility areas are so vast here. Um, Is there any single project that you're most proud of? I really, and I thought about this uh, because you've asked that question before. I have to look at the total campus itself and what we've done, and that's the best project, the the ultimate that I I have to say. I'm I'm here many times early in the morning, and everything is lit up, Mm -hmm. and I come to work. I start down the Capitol Avenue, and I just look at what's going on, the lighting, the sculptures, the buildings, and it's just, it just, it, it takes my breath away someday saying how beautiful it is. It is. And all of those single things that we've done creates the total. And I just say it, it's the campus. That's a good it's answer. Absolutely the campus. 
That's a good answer. Um, is there anything that you wished you'd done differently? I mean, I guess your first answer encapsulates that. I try not to look back. I look. And I get that. Idea. And I, yeah. I, uh, it's, it's one of those things where I wish I would have. I wish. No, you have to take life, and you say, "This is this is what we do. Mm-hmm. We we do the best we can." Is there things that we might have done just a tad bit different? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you know what? No, it's just we're here. Yeah. And we've we've done a great job. A perfect reflection of your personality, sir. Um, Dr. Knight, I feel kind of intimidated asking, asking you this, but is there any single thing that you're proud of if you had to pick a project or is it like this campus as a whole approach that that Tim mentioned? uh, I'm first of all, proud of the the total, um, because I mean, over a thousand images that we created in one way or another. And, and that has a story. I mean, how do you hang them and how high and how big? And I mean, that's not that easy. Yeah. And all these specialties, we just talked about the stainless and the polished stainless and the granite and all of that. And even the balloons on the side, how high to yes. put them in. Yes. Yeah. It looks easy when it's all done, but it's not easy when you're starting with a blank piece of paper. With Tim here, um, if I were to answer the question you asked Tim for Tim, Mm -hmm. I would talk about the arts and sciences remodel. The phrase I'm about to use, I almost never use. But the arts and sciences remodel, I would say, oh my God, oh my. What a difficult project Mm -hmm. it was and it was again more of an early project in in my time here and we were wholly transforming a building taking it from the 70s type and turning it into something altogether different and going back to our early design work with the architect and how we caused the architect no we are not just remodeling a building. Can you share the story about the binder? You had a story about how they would say community colleges are the fours and the fives. Yeah. Yeah. The architect was a big architect out of Southeast Michigan, and they did Michigan higher ed. They did universities. They did all kinds of stuff, big firm. And we talked with them, and to me, we weren't communicating well. And... (laughs) And they weren't listening. Well, no, I, I just didn't get it. And so finally we learned that, oh, well, you're a community college, so you get this. And what that was was you get concrete block walls. Mushroom and, colored paint. Mushroom paint. Yep. And that's what we do because you're a community college. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. And... And they had a project they were doing for Wayne State University and the wall. And I said, that's what I want that. Give me that. So it was a very different look. And so we migrated. No, we're making a great building. Do you understand? We're not just doing a remodel. We're going to great. And we had to do it while it operated. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we couldn't close the building. Mm-hmm. So then Tim had to deal with the dust and the fumes and the noise 
and people occupying it and the, the you, you can't control temperature like you'd like to and you're operating and plumbing and electric and, we're completely and, and yeah. we're jackhammering down below and mm-hmm. we're jackhammering above and yeah. and people are trying to teach and learn and and tim was at the forefront of all that and at the same time we were trying to design a really great building, a great learning experience, a building that would just by nature incorporate teaching and learning and ambient learning and design and even the restrooms. We yes. went to great lengths on how they functioned yep. and how they looked. Yep. The and, glass tiles, and, the custom artwork. And you walk in the front door and we had a low ceiling. And so I said, well, let's try to make it look like a high ceiling. <laughs> yeah. So we did. And uh, I remain abundantly proud yeah. of our work, our design, and our outcome. And Tim really was captain of that team. Yeah and made it happen, and it's a wonderful result. Well, there's a presentation quality to this day, then it will continue when you walk in the front door of that building. The building was built in the 70s, and I'm sure it was state-of-the-art then, beating an old term to death, state-of-the-art. It has been brought up to speed, uh, not just with artwork, but as I recall, the award was given, and the plumbing was done, the electric was, it was all done at the same time. I remember seeing a 3D drawing of the building, and they had pulled it apart. And it was extremely complex. And these halls are populated with ambient learning graphics. Every landing, there's an 80-inch monitor for wayfinding. And I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, Glass walls, beautiful display cases for learning. No, that's a great answer. That was was one heck of an effort. Um, In marketing, I remember, you know, we wrapped the building. We had a wrap around the outside of the building for the relaunching of it and the media blitz that followed. And the ribbon might have been on the tail of that, I think. It it was after. It was after. But it was just an abundantly difficult project. Yeah. Yeah. Well, having the whiteboards there, you go up to the second floor and there was concern. What if they write dirty letters and what are they going to do? You know, there's these whiteboards that are just asking for student expression. They're there for the students to like doodle. Thoughts, you know, you walk by and you'll, you'll read some random cool thought and they weren't abused. Again, going back to presenting people with an environment that elevates self-expectation. They feel important and relevant when they're in those spaces. They feel like they're valued. You know, the classrooms, some of these ceilings, they look like something out of a Disney movie with the steel and the angles and the walls with the beveled and the crumpled plaster. And they have these LED walls on every level. That's another thing. When the folks from Kalamazoo came through, I got access to one of those closets because I had a master key. And there are, for our listeners, there are these walls that are, they're situated in the center of each floor adjacent to the elevators and they're textured walls. And there are active LEDs that change colors with a spectrum. And they're trippy and cool. I mean, they're just photographic. They're beautiful. I mean, they're just, and they're there for their own sake. I'll tell a very quick story that I would take people on tours. I know. Mm -hmm. And I did many tours. Mm -hmm. And the most remarkable tour was I had the city people, the board members and city municipal leaders types come on a tour. And they were somewhat grim 
when we started. And unusually grim. I thought, huh, this is odd. I mean, hmm. okay. So we got into the tour, and one of them tugged on my sleeve, and she said, we didn't want to come here. We thought this would be so boring to, <laughs> to, to, see, your, to see your classroom building. It dragged around said, a little building. This is just wonderful. We're so glad we came. Uh, and and in in another another part of it too. I mean, it has uh, when you come in the front door, there is artwork on the right, and who's the artist? Uh, Brian Whitfield. Yes. Brian Whitfield. Yes, that's right. He's a, a, a black artist. Yeah, we went to school together. I interviewed him twice. In, in Lansing. And yeah, he's extraordinary. One of his works on, yeah. on the right wall. I'd like to have him back. On the second floor, we have a wonderful Native American mm-hmm. oil painting. Yes. It's yeah. just great. In its own alcove, too. Yeah, in, like its, a quiet, in, in its yeah. own space. And on the bottom floor, the lowest floor, and Tim and I could talk a long time about that floor because it's the basement. Mm-hmm. It has no windows. Right. And it historically has been heavily used. They've taught a lot of math there, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a dungeon. Dreadful. It yeah. was not a pleasant place. No. And no. and Tim and I, we were determined to turn it into a place that you'd like to go. Mm-hmm. And so we did a whole series of projects to enable that. And we have themed classrooms on that level. Yeah. And... One of them is the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. And yes. I have yep. taken black groups through there. Mm-hmm. And some people literally have shed tears. Really? Become very emotional yeah. when visiting that space. Mm-hmm. And that's quite remarkable. And that goes back to people think they're coming to a classroom building. Yeah. But it's a whole lot more than that. Yeah, and they, they regard themselves differently. They changed when they leave. And I'll share a really quick story. I have to share this, and I've shared it with you. I don't know, Tim, if you know this. Um, I remember there was some, some talk when the building was being redesigned, and many faculty lost their, their offices with the doors, the big wooden doors, these like cells of solitude. Some of these spaces, the stuff was piled up to the ceiling. They hadn't, anyway fire hazards or whatnot, who knows? I mean, I got my habits too. At any rate, there was uh, some negativity about losing their offices to more collaborative spaces. Fast forward to when the building reopens. I was over there measuring a wall for artwork. It was locked otherwise, faculty were coming back. I will remember, I'll never forget, they're, they're walking in with their stuff and they're looking around, they're just dumbfounded, beautiful. I mean, they're like, look at this place and smiles, you know, it just, it came full circle. That building is unforgettable. I'm gonna wrap things up a little bit here. Um, I got one, one, while you mentioned that, no, just please do. one quick point. No, please. During my 12 years here, we did a whole lot. Mm-hmm. And like when we did the corner of Saginaw and Capitol, mm-hmm. yes. there were several structures there, mm-hmm. um, tired structures Mm -hmm. and so i wish to repurpose that whole thing and turn it into kind of a mini park and all well i caught abundant hell i remember for doing that i'm delighted 
with the result. Mm -hmm. I do it over again. And when we did arts and sciences, I caught hell on, on those offices. And so when you look at things, many people would think, well, gee, that's nice. Well, that's nice, and that's nice, too. Well, yeah, it's nice, okay. It wasn't easy. In hindsight. You know, I caught hell. Yeah. Uh, a lot of it, try, when people didn't understand what I was trying to do, and you can blame me for oh, yeah. not communicating or something, but yeah. good outcomes have a price. Well, vision comes at a price, too. And I'll share with you really quick, I could keep going, my office overlooks that. I'm on the second floor uh, in the marketing on the corner there. I have seen more students in their cap and gowns taking pictures in front of that monument. It's just the perfect backdrop. It says Lansing Community College, this arched brick monument. It's the, it's the North Gateway to campus. It's just a great setting for a selfie to, of accomplishment, a selfie of their accomplishment here. Yeah. Very worthwhile. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's beautifully landscaped. And you turn in, you're like, I'm at Lansing Community College. Right. I mean, you get it. Yes. Yep. You get it. When I came here in 2008, I went to a community meeting and people were lamenting about what they call the Saginaw Corridor for not being very attractive. Right. And I drove down the Saginaw Corridor today, and it continues to have issues. Yeah, there are issues. And, yeah. But I came away from that meeting, and I said, well, I can't deal with the entire Saginaw Corridor, <laughs> but I can address the Lansing Community College frontage, mm -hmm. and we have. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, remarkable. It's so wonderful to be involved in that. Um, well, gentlemen, again, it's been great having you. I'd love to have you back. President Knight, uh, Director of Facilities Tim Martz, always thrilling to see you and to work with you. Thank you for your time today. Thank you. Well, thank you. It's been great. Leonardo da Vinci once said, simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. If you want to check out what I've been talking about, just visit this episode at lccconnect.org. Art Happens Here is a production of LCC Connect. Thanks for lending us your imagination. featuring the faculty, staff, students, and others that helped to make Lansing's premier college what it is today. LCC Connect, Mid-Michigan's connection to Lansing Community College. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Coming in March to the Black Box Stage, Lansing Community College Performing Arts presents I Knock at the Door, a play written by Sean O'Casey and adapted by Paul Shire. This play tells the story of a family being held together by a loving and strong mother while class and religious turmoil threaten to pull them apart. I Knock at the Door will be featured March 16th through the 18th. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash showinfo. 
This is the story of a very special woman. Just a few knew about her superpowers. In a matter of seconds, she turned herself into a great mathematician. She masqueraded as a regular person at work, but as a superhero at home. Everyone knows her as Gabriella. I still call her mom. Your hero needs you now, and AARP is here to help. Find the care guides you need to help, complete with tips and resources at aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. On Wednesday, March 22nd, Lansing Community College will be holding its 10th annual transfer fair at the Gannon Commons on LCC's downtown campus. Over 25 representatives will be available to explain transfer options toward obtaining a four-year degree. The transfer fair is free to attend and open to the public. For more information or to RSVP, visit lcc.edu slash march on. We're celebrating one year of LCC Connect, Lansing Community College's first podcast platform dedicated to keeping you connected with LCC and your community. Catch the vibe by visiting us at lccconnect.org and then click on the Celebrate tab to check out photos, videos, and find out how you can get involved. We are LCC Connect. Voices, vibes, vision. It's time for another edition of Equity. Equity is a play on words spelled E-Q-U-I-T-E-A because I just love sharing knowledge over a good cup of tea. Equity is designed to provide you, the listeners, with tips on issues surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion to enhance your everyday life. Today's equity topic is entitled Being an Upstander, Not a Bystander. Have you or someone you know ever experienced harassment, including intimidation, looks, staring, vulgar gestures, the victim, or been a victim of a microaggression comment? Or perhaps you've experienced racism, homophobic, sexism, or transphobic slurs. Did anyone come to your aid? Did anyone speak up against these harmful acts on your behalf? If so, they probably demonstrated the behavior of an upstander. According to Oxford Dictionary, an upstander is a person who speaks or acts in the support of an individual or cause, particularly someone who intervenes on behalf of another person. In other words, an upstander is someone who recognizes when something is wrong and does something to make it right. Let's take bullying for an example. When someone is bullied, an upstander will see it and hear it, and then they will act on making sure that correction is made. Oftentimes, we see a bystander, which the definition for that is a person who is present at an event or an incident but does not take part. In essence, they don't do anything to stop the cause or harm on behalf of the other individual. Those are the two differences between being an upstander and a bystander. Now, I know it can be difficult to know when to do something when you see injustices happening. So here are five ways that you and I can be an upstander, not just a bystander. Number one, do something. Stand up and take action against 
any form of injustice or harassment or bullying on any kind. Uh, standing up means that you're going to, um, might be a little afraid at first, but making the difference on behalf of someone else is being a difference maker. Uh, imagine that individual will probably feel uh, alone and, and fearful. You speaking up for them will cause them to have the courage that they need to get through that particular moment. Number two, give affirmations to the person being harmed. Make sure you acknowledge, I see you, and you're not alone. Let that person know who's experiencing the injustice that this is not right and you're not in this by yourself. Number three, try your best to de-escalate and redirect the focus away from the person that is perpetrating the incident. And in fact, uh, think about ways that you can question that individual. Like, do you know what you're saying? Do you know what you're doing? This is wrong. Speak up and have the ability to de-escalate and redirect the situation. Number four, Advocate for help. Support the person who is being bullied or having an infraction dealt upon them. You can offer several different resources for them to allow them to know that there are resources available even outside the situation. Number five is document. And this is key. Go ahead and take another sip of your equity right there. It's our ability uh, to act on behalf as an upstander to help document the situation. Take time to write down your best recollection of what just inspired. This might be helpful for that individual should they need to file any legal reports or police findings regarding the incident. Remember, being an upstander is going to take courage, is going to involve all of us taking action, being assertive, being compassionate, as well as taking leadership. I know all those things seem a little bit uh, scary at first, but it means that we're not going to just stand by. Remember, the definition of an upstander is someone who intervenes on behalf of another person. And so today, here on Equity, I want to encourage you to be an upstander, not just a bystander. We hope you will join us next time for another edition of Equity. And this is our way of sharing some good knowledge over a good cup of tea. Go ahead and take one final sip as we address issues around diversity, equity, and inclusion to enhance our everyday life. We'll see you next time. Examining the issues and topics that affect our lives from the local level to the world stage. Listen to the programs of LCC Connect anytime at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College has been a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship since 2016. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason Public School students. These selected students are chosen by the Mason Public Schools at the end of the fifth grade and then become a Mason Promise Scholarship through an induction ceremony. Over the course of the next six years, these students receive mentoring and support as well as introduction to career possibilities through the Pathway Program. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu hope. 
message is for Karina, our mom who finished her high school diploma at age 28. Hi, Mom. It's Amadith and Nicholas. Congratulations on getting your diploma. You worked so hard and have taught us so much. We love you. When you graduate, they graduate. Finish your high school diploma for you and for them. Visit finishyourdiploma.org to find free and supportive adult education centers near you. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. Explore college on your terms. Summer registration opens March 28th at lcc.edu slash get started. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. I'm excited to learn about today's star. I love the work he does here at the college, and I can't wait for you to learn about him today. This star is a lifelong Lansing area native. He grew up in Wacousta, Michigan, just a few minutes north of Grand Ledge and attended Grand Ledge schools graduating high school in 2005. After high school, he attended Michigan State University, graduating with a Bachelor's of Arts degree in political science in 2009. During his time at MSU, this star joined the MSU Army ROTC Battalion and enlisted in the Michigan Army National Guard. He completed his basic training and advanced training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma during the summer following his sophomore year. And to note, that's where my daddy trained at. He served as an artillery forward observer with Bravo Battery 119th Field Artillery and then with Headquarters Company 125th Infantry. This star began his professional career after college with a housekeeping and industrial cleaning company based out of Auburn Hills. He was the Lansing area manager for the three GM locations in Lansing. He was in charge of a 300 plus employees across all locations working on three shifts. After three years, he made a career move and joined employer support of the Guard and Reserves working under the executive director to help support employment opportunities for Guard and Reserve members. During this time, our star also returned to school, attending Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University and will graduate with honors in 2015, earning an associate's in technical management with a concentration in logistics. That's a lot. 
In June 2015, Nistar joined LCC as the Director of Veteran Services. He and his staff assist veterans and dependents with their GI Bill benefits, along with acting as a bridge to other veteran resources that are available through other organizations. He and his staff offer the VetNet Ally Seminar to staff and faculty. He also coordinates the annual Veterans Day Ceremony, which honors Michigan veterans, inducting them into the LCC Veteran Memorial on campus. He also serves on the Michigan Vietnam Memorial Park Commission. The Memorial Park is located in downtown Lansing and is in the process of expanding. This star is married to his wife. Is it Allie? Allie. And they reside in Delta Township with their three children, Mark, Emily, and Henry. When not working, this star enjoys being outside, hunting, fishing, being at the family college up north, which I got to see if I can get an invite, watching his kids play sports, driving around the 1963 Oldsmobile 88 he shares with his dad, woodworking, and many other things. He enjoys keeping busy and always finding something that needs to be fixed. Okay, are you guys ready to learn who's today's star? We got to get the drum roll, please. Today's star is Andrew Cosgrove. Andrew, I'm so glad that you could come on Who's That Star today. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is pretty cool. Okay, well, let's get started. So can you tell me about your work at LCC? Like, what are your roles here? Yeah, so I am the director of the Veteran Services Office. Um, So our main priority is making sure that our veteran and military-connected students are able to utilize their GI Bill and other military benefits that they have for education and act as, like you said, a, a liaison between the departments within the college Mm -hmm. and other uh, veterans organizations outside of the college. So we can help with an easy transition when they get out of the military and hopefully make sure that they're successful while they're at LCC. So what year did you start here again? 2015. 2015. So what, seven years now? Yeah, going on eight. Yeah, going on eight. Wow. So, I mean, I've went to a lot of the functions that you put on, and I think they're great. Like, you really take a lot of care for our veterans, and so I know that they appreciate that. What do you like most about what you do here at LCC? I like the fact that I can help people obtain their goal of a degree or a certificate. I like being the go-to person when they have a question about their benefits, and I enjoy seeing people go through the process and uh, come out successful on the other end. So if you were, I'm say I'm listening to this and I'm a veteran, And I'm like, okay, I'm thinking about I want to go to school, but I'm not really sure. Would they contact your office? Would your place be a good place for them to start? Yeah, they typically start with our office. Some people don't realize that we have a veteran services office. Yeah. So they'll go to the star zone first. And usually as soon as they mention that they're a veteran or a dependent of a veteran, they'll be uh, pointed in our direction to come on over and work with us so we can get everything set up for them. That's a good point. It's not just veterans. It's the dependents 
of veterans as well that could utilize their services as well. So that, I think that's good, and I didn't really know that. Yeah, we we have quite a few dependents who, who utilize benefits here, and there's a couple different benefits that they're eligible for. So, so there will be someone that could help them kind of identify what their next steps are and who to contact and then... Yeah, uh, next steps and sometimes talking to them about what benefit would be best for them to use because they can be eligible for multiple benefits. Oh, oh, that's good yeah. insight. Can you talk a little bit about the Veterans Memorial where you induct people? Because that's such a cool ceremony. Mm -hmm. Did you start that or is that something that already was here? That was something that I inherited when I started. Like a lot of people, I didn't know that the memorial existed at LCC. So when I started, I was kind of thrown into it. Okay. Um, So, you know, I'd like to think that it's kind of my baby to take care of. I basically handle everything for it from getting folks to submit uh, applications for inductions and then meeting with those individuals, whether it's family members or the veterans themselves, Mm -hmm. to listen to their history, take a lot of notes, and then craft everything as far as a biography for them going from when they were a kid growing up through their military service and then after. And then uh, what I like the most about it is getting to see the photos that are submitted of the veterans going back in some cases to the 20s, 30s, and 40s with our World War II Korean vets, Vietnam yeah. veterans. So I, I love military history. I've always been that way since I was a kid. So the opportunity that I get to speak with vets and get their stories means a lot to me. And I I know it means a lot to them and their families as well. Well, I mean, I learned a lot. You know, I went and I was super impressed because you can tell the care and the time that you take in the biographies and then the pictures and then the ceremony that they have. And, you know, a lot of people like it's always full. You can never get a seat. Don't try to be late because you're not going to get a seat. And then, you know, the families are proud and it's a proud moment. It's something that, you know, it's it's respectful, but it's also it's a nice honor to give the veterans. And so I really think LCC does a great job and I've only known you doing it. So I think you do a great <laughs> job as Thank well. Thank you. So. <laughs> I wanted to know, you kind of talked about it a little bit, but like, what are some of your hobbies and how did you get into them? Well, cars is Mm -hmm. one. Growing up, I, I was always helping my dad work on a car. When I got into high school, not my first car, but my second car, the first one that I paid for was a 1965 Triumph Spitfire, a mm. uh, little British sports car. Yeah, because I had never heard of that. Convertible, yeah. Um, and I was into those all through high school, through college. My dad and I teamed up. I think at one point we had four or five different cars. Some ran, some didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I spent a lot of time working on that stuff. Moved on from there, um, and now we have a 63 Oldsmobile that we bought last year. Oh, okay. And it's kind of, it's a nice car. It's drivable, looks great, 
but there's always something to to tinker with on it or upgrade or whatever. That's so, the fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's why we bought it. We had a car before that that just always needed a ton of work and planned on restoring it, but then we decided we're never going to have the money to to really put into it. Yeah. So let's get something that we can enjoy and drive around and fits kids and Still looks all sorts cool. of people. Yeah, so that's just kind of something that's always been a part of my life. Over the last few years, I got into doing some woodworking stuff, making tables and, and stuff like that. I use wood and uh, epoxy, and I put different colors in yeah. it and make stuff out of that. So I enjoy doing that stuff. It can be extremely frustrating <laughs> when I mess up yeah. and I have to start over Cause again. Because that's what it looks like with that epoxy. You can't really... Yeah, once once it's, it's set, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I watch a couple of YouTube videos on woodworking yeah. and I see that and me and my partner watch it and he's like, you know, you got to really be careful with <laughs> yeah. this because you got to start everything over. And I could see how that would be super frustrating yeah. for me. I couldn't do that. Yeah, it, uh, it takes a lot of time, a lot of patience. You watch those YouTube videos of these guys doing it, and they have all sorts of tools, and they can afford to right. buy all this stuff. I don't have that, so I'm I'm working with the the tools that I have. Hey, that's how normal folks got yeah. to do it. Yeah, yeah. So I I enjoy that, and then hunting and fishing. Again, I I grew up with it. I've always hunted since I was a kid, going out with my dad and. And now I continue to do it, and now I'm taking my kids out with me so they can experience it. And my son, uh, this past year season, got his first year. Oh, really? Which was really exciting, and I I got to be there with him. I, I meant to record it on my phone, and then I got too excited, excited. and yeah. forgot to record it, and then he got a little upset with me. But, yeah, it was it was cool to see that, remembering my first year and going out with my dad, and then my son's into it now, too, and... We'll see if my daughter wants to get into it. I don't hey, know. Hey, yeah, you never know. Yeah. I, I know for me, like, I worked at St. Vincent Homes for Children, and I want to say this was uh, like in the 90s. <laughs> but um, I did not know people is serious about hunting in Michigan, oh, okay? Yeah. So, like, I don't know. It was like in November, like mid-November. Mm-hmm. You better have what you need done because the hunters was gone. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they took off and they were gone and they came back and had a great time. And so that's what really, you know, taught me about it. I didn't really even know that. And it's interesting. Do you hunt? I don't know. Is it, is it, that's the first of firearm season yeah, or something? Or? November 15th is yeah. the first day of firearm season. So that's always, that's always big. You know, I, I kind of poke fun of it. A little bit because I bow hunt too. Oh, which okay. I think takes a little bit more talent and patience. Anybody can shoot a gun. Yeah, <laughs> but it definitely is easier with the firearm. But I I really enjoy the bow hunting mm-hmm. because you're out there before all those other guys are out there, and the weather's still warm. Right. Yeah. So you don't have to bundle up and. I sit up in a tree, and even if I don't see anything, I'm just happy to be out there and yeah. get away from my kids for a little bit. <laughs> be a part of nature. Yeah. So yep. that's cool. That's interesting. You got a lot of different, you know, varied hobbies, so that keeps you grounded, it sounds like. Yeah. What is a subject that you geek out about? Military history. Okay. Specifically, World War II aviation. I Since I was a kid, I... I remember the first 
model airplane that I built with my dad, who was a P-38 Lightning. And since then, I, I still build model airplanes, oh, really? uh, plastic models. And uh, my grandfather flew in dive bombers during World War II. It was something that my dad was always into. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't know why, I just thought it was really cool. And I, I love the history of the pilots who flew and mm-hmm. the things that they did and the thought of you got this 19, 20-year-old kid flying this airplane in battle. It's weird to think about now in, you know, kind of knowing how I was when I was 19. <laughs> like yeah. I, 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 wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't allow myself to do that. <laughs> but <laughs> So, yeah, I've, I've always been into it. You know, I used to build my models, and then usually I'd end up lighting them on fire and taking them outside and throwing them and watching them crash. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Ma, mom didn't really appreciate that. I uh, know. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and now I'm I'm a little bit more advanced in my skill. I use an airbrush and everything to paint oh, them. and making them really detailed. Making them as realistic as possible and painting them in schemes that are of actual World War II, like famous World War II aircraft oh, that, okay. that flew. Yeah. So aviation, I got a ton of books. I've just always been interested in it. Unfortunately, I don't think my kids really are, but my dad and I, you know, we will, I'll watch a YouTube video and I'll send it to him. Hey, you got to watch this. And then he'll send me stuff. You got to watch this. And it's all airplanes. So Hey, that's cool yeah. though. <laughs> It sounds like you got a good relationship with your father. He impressed upon you a lot of things that you still keep in your life. And your daddy used to work here. Who's your daddy? Mark Cosgrove is my dad. And if you ask anybody, I look and I sound exactly like him. Hmm. Whenever somebody tells me that, I say, yep, you're right. But I still have my hair. (laughs) (laughs) And I asked him one time, when did you start losing your hair? I think I was in my mid-20s because I was kind of getting worried about it. He said, I think I was around 28. I'm like, oh, man. But now I'm 36 and I still got it. And he has a head full of hair, y'all, so he's good. (laughs) I liked your dad. He was good people, and he helped a lot of people when he worked here as well. So I just wanted to give him a good shout out. (laughs) So do you live by any piece of advice or a motto? The movie Gettysburg, mm-hmm. it's like a three and a half hour movie. When that came out in the theater, my dad took me and my sister to go watch it. Mm-hmm. 93, I was what, seven? I continue to watch it. Every year or so, I'll, I'll put it on and watch it. And there's a scene in that movie where they're talking about slaves. Mm-hmm. The couple union guys are discussing slaves and the comment that uh, the sergeant made when they're discussing it was, I can't remember specifically, but he said, you can't judge a man based on the group. You have to judge a man for the man. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's, you know, from a young age, that's always kind of stuck with me. And I, I live that way. Mm-hmm. Like I, group of people, whatever. I take people for who they are. Mm-hmm. Um if you're a good person, then you're a good person. If right. you're not, then you're not. Right. Um, if you do bad things or, you know, I, you know, I lose a little respect for you, but 
a man or woman, you have to judge them on who they are as a person. Right. You can't group people together and make assumptions on who they are. I think that's a good one that I've lived by, and it's something that I'm starting to talk to my kids about, mm-hmm. too. You know, sometimes we're told that we shouldn't judge people, but I think we all do, and you, you have to. Yeah, because sometimes you need to not, you need to know, you know, you may not be judging them for their choices, but you also know choices can impact people, right? Exactly. And so it, you need to be aware of that. So, no, I agree. You know, know who you're dealing with and have that interaction. And you don't have to necessarily hate on them, but you can be aware. Right. And know that this may not be for me or this is not the type of thing that I'm trying to do. So, no, I get it. Exactly. I understand that yeah. totally. So I wanted to ask you, Who's the most intelligent person you know? My dad. I thought you would say that. Yeah, too. I, I don't know how he does it, but he can figure out pretty much anything. I mean, he's he's building an airplane right now. That's cool. Um, and I mean, I guess it's more of a restoration. It's a 1940s biplane, and it's all wood. Mm. And he tore it all apart. And he is having to rebuild sections of it and redo the whole thing. And the fact that he can figure out how to do that mm-hmm. is amazing to me. Um, you know, going through life, growing up, he taught me so many things, continues to teach me so many things, life lessons, or if it was homework for school, mm-hmm. he'd figure it out. Right. And it's just something that always amazed me. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there that will say my, my parents the best. And I truly feel that about him. Not to say that there haven't been issues growing up. Right. He's a retired colonel and, you know, there is always that side of it. But the conversations that he and I can have discussing a wide variety of topics political stuff about aviation, um, other historical things, or just normal everyday stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, He is the one that if I run into an issue, if I'm working on something and I run into an issue, I got to call dad. Right. Dad, hey, I I need you to come over here and and help me figure this out. And usually he does. He can help you. (laughs) It's just amazing to me. Hey, that's a good thing, (laughs) you know, and... That's so wonderful to be able to have that support and know that. You know what I mean? And yeah. so it sounds like you guys had a good relationship and he was impactful in your life. So Definitely. I think that's cool. So here's a question, and we got to wrap it up. I'm going to ask you these last two questions. And I already know the answer to one, but I just like to say it anyway. Go green or go blue? Oh, go green. Man, that's where I went. You know, if Michigan's playing a different team, I'll give them a little support, but not much. Yeah, no, I feel <laughs> you. I'm I'm pretty much like that. And then our last question before I let you go, because I got I could talk to you all day. You're very interesting. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. But I want to know what would you like your legacy to be here at LCC when it's all said and done, and we're like Andrew. See you later. Bye. What do you want that legacy? to look like? I I want to be known as 
the veterans guy, you know, and I kind of am already, but Mm -hmm. my legacy is making sure that our, our military connected students were taken care of to the best of my ability and my staff's ability. Mm -hmm. Um, and helping to make sure that they are successful while they're at LCC, not only with their academic stuff, but with just life stuff in general. I, you know, I get people who come into my office every so often and, and just want to talk about whatever's going on. And I enjoy being the guy who can provide those answers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if nothing else, a guy who enjoyed what he did and enjoyed helping his students. I call them my students mm-hmm. because they're veterans and I'd like to be remembered as the guy who took it seriously mm-hmm. and uh, provided as much as I could to them while I was here. Yeah, I definitely, I think that would be a great legacy to leave. I think you're well on your way to doing that. <laughs> I do think you are the military guy on campus and someone that we all make referrals to, but it's a great place and I'm just glad that you took the time today to come on Who's That Star yeah. so people could get an opportunity to know about you and also know about our Veterans Affairs program. So Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, for sure. So, you guys, we're going to end it today, but I'm so glad that you guys were there to listen, and you can listen to us next time on Who's That Star. You've been listening to Who's That Star. I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. Catch me next time to find out Who's That Star. Celebrating one year of LCC Connect, visit us online at lccconnect.com and click on the Celebrate tab to find out more. We are LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Lansing Community College students now have the option to go beyond an associate degree through LCC's University Center. The University Center is a partnership between LCC and five four-year universities. Located on LCC's downtown campus, these universities offer junior and senior level courses. To find out more about the University Center, visit lcc.edu. I'm Ben Affleck, and I want to thank you for joining me and supporting Paralyzed Veterans of America. I joined the Navy to serve my country as a Navy SEAL. While parachuting with my platoon, my parachute didn't open. When I broke my neck, it left me paralyzed. Paralyzed Veterans of America was by my side from that moment on. Since 1946, Paralyzed Veterans of America has kept a promise to our wounded veterans. We will never leave a fallen comrade behind. Thanks to PVA, Paralyzed Veterans are getting specialized medical care and treatments. The benefits they've earned, the jobs they want, and the accessible vehicles and homes they need. I just don't think my family would be as happy as they are without the support that I received from Paralyzed Veterans of America. Our veterans fought for us. Let's fight for them. To learn more, go to pva.org today.
The Modern Warehousing Program through the Job Training Center at Lansing Community College is an industry-led program that prepares individuals for frontline material handling and supply chain logistic positions in medical centers, fulfillment centers, warehouses, and factories. Those who complete this program can earn multiple certifications. Visit lcc.edu slash JTC training for more information. This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Vision.